When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for uh, tuning in every Tuesday or whenever you listen to your uh, podcasts. How many podcasts can you listen to? At once? <laughs> well, not at once, but uh, but look, thanks for listening to mine. Um, if you enjoy this interview with Ryan Kelly, um, I urge you to write a review, follow us, and subscribe. Um, at Inside You Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at Inside You Pod on the Twitter. We really appreciate it. And uh, we've got tons of merch on the Inside of You online store. Uh, new sorority boy statues. <laughs> uh, there's only three uh, left already. Um, zip ups, Inside of You zip ups, uh, Lexmas from Smallville scripts, tons of stuff. Go to the Inside of You online store, get your merch now. Um, and also join Patreon if you want to support the podcast like many do. At the end of this podcast, we read all the top-tier names that are patrons, and they get lots of uh, perks like uh, Zoom with me here and there and uh, boxes and notes and uh, YouTubes and a bunch of stuff. So go to patreon.com slash inside to support the podcast, and without you, we couldn't do it. And I appreciate it. I'll send you a message back. I will. I always do. I'm also on the cameo and uh, my band Sunspin. Uh, we uh, we just played a show and it was awesome. And thanks for coming out. You can go to sunspin.com for merch to book the band, Zooms, all that stuff. So it's a lot of fun. And also listen to uh, Talkville, my other podcast with Tom Willing and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And inside of you, live podcast. Yes, live podcast in Los Angeles, Regent Theater. 7 p.m. Actually, earlier, if you get a meet and greet with me and Zach Levi. Yes, Zach Levi. He's the guest. And live podcast at the Regent Theater, 7 p.m., October 11th, Wednesday. Ryan will be there. I will, of course, be there. It's going to be so much fun. I'm nervous. I'm excited. Uh, I hope you come and join and support the podcast like you always do. And uh, if you can get out to L.A., it's going to be a freaking show, man. Ryan, you, uh, you doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Yeah, maybe I should interview you one day. Sure. What would that be like? Going to get inside of me? I don't know. You you got you get along with your family. You're you know you seem like you're mentally sound. You know you've got. A, I got darkness. Do you? Man, I got. Hey I, man, I, I can share my darkness. Hey man, I can get dark. You want to get? They can dark? get dark. You want to get dark? Let's get I'll dark, get man. Dark. If you want to get dark. Oh yeah, we can get dark. I'll go jet dark. Oh yeah. Fucking right. We'll go darker than. Yeah, uh, I'll go for uh, a rip wait, after. We'll go winter in Alberta. We'll get so dark, we'll fucking get a, go for a rip after. Go for a rip, you are Going for a rip. Make sure I got enough loonies and toonies, and we're in my toque when we go for a rip. It's cold back there in Saskatchewan. This is what would happen if you interview me. This is the uh, <laughs> you would, would not listen this. to this. All right, listen, we got a great podcast for you. Uh, Ryan Kelly, um, he's had a terrific career, um, and it started really on Smallville. And he was on the show a few times, and we talk about that. And we talk about life and he opens up and um, he's got a big following. 
such a sweet guy. It was so nice having him here. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So let's get inside of Ryan Kelly. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Hey folks, wanted to highlight something important before today's episode. In case you weren't aware, myself and many of the guests are on strike alongside SAG-AFTRA and WGA. Today's episode and any we air before the strike ends were recorded before it began. So this is just a heads up in relation to some for the topics we may discuss. If you want more info on the strike, visit sag Strike. Dot org. Now let's get into it. It's it's crazy looking at you <laughs> because last time I saw you, how old were you when you did Smallville? Everything I'm gonna say, I'm always off a little bit. My mom would be like, "Ryan, that's not even true." Uh, so let's say I think I was 16 the first time, the first season. 16? Are you sure you were that old? Maybe I was 15. I mean, also I I looked like you looked young. You were like me, late toddler. bloomer. Yes. So late that's bloomer. another thing that was probably throwing you too <laughs> man i mean i just remember and i remember thinking i'm not just saying this but i i think i told you i don't know if you even remember but i was i remember it was just saying you're really good you're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna work i remember telling your mom i was like this kid's good you were well behaved on set i don't know if she beat you yes i don't know what what happened <laughs> but uh it was just like you know when you watch those episodes those were the be- the two great episodes that you were in it was heartbreaking. Yeah. Right, Ryan? Ryan's? Yeah. Oh, no, I've seen it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, was, yeah. Yeah, because he's had to watch them because yeah. he does Talkville as well with Welling. And um, what do you what do you remember? Just like going back, like, what do you remember? I mean, 15, you're not that young. No. So you probably remember a bit. Uh, you worked a ton I, I since. Remember, I, I remember, I mean, again, like I said, my memory is terrible. So um it's all those roids man with all your bulk right uh it's dropping you know living in hollywood drugs being dropped on your head um but uh what i what i do remember is smallville was the first like it changed my life in the sense of that was i had been acting when i was younger um just kind of something my parents made me do and i enjoyed it don't get me wrong but it was definitely like not forced but like if i made an obligation to something mom was like well no you have to do this right you have to go to this audition you said you would um and i took to it i have a bunch of siblings they didn't like it as much i kind of loved it and i loved being out of school i loved yeah acting as much as i did sports and smallville was the first time that i saw adults doing it for a living like it clicked in my head i was like wait i remember you guys um especially the second season you guys were going through like talking to each other about contract negotiations i remember <laughs> you thinking, remember like, that a little bit yeah and i remember thinking like wow it'd be so cool one day if i could do that um but the first one for sure i was like wait you guys do this for a living like you don't do anything like you didn't this is what you do you know and you guys are like yeah <laughs> so yeah. that was the first time it clicked in my head and then that it, it's a good thing and a bad thing my mom probably wishes that never happened because that was when i made in my head i was like oh I'm going to lie to my parents and tell them I'm applying for college and not apply to college. And then I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. That's what you thought at that age, right? When you were on set, that so, was somehow the, it clicked in. Dude, that was the first, for sure. Smallville was like, where I was like, oh, I, I, I want to do this too. Well, how do I, my parents are going to make me go to college. How do I, oh, I'll just lie to them. And then, you know. Did you, did you like doing it? Did you like acting? I loved it. You I, loved I it. loved it. I loved being on set. Like that part was still to this day is my favorite thing ever. You love, um, you love the, pr- the process. I, yes, of making the art itself. You know, as you get older, the audition part is 
you want to beat you your head against walls. You still audition a lot? Yeah, here and there. You know, I mean, it's 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 the name of the game. Getting back to you know, like right now, I'm not currently working on anything, so it's getting back to the grind. The grind, which, putting yourself on tape, not going <laughs> in anymore. Right. Well, that part's at first was kind of tough. You know, like I do like the in person gratification of like seeing some human respond to your work. However, living in Los Angeles now that I've kind of gotten over that, I'm like, dude, I do actually not like sitting in traffic for an hour, an hour and a half. Like if you have an audition down in Raleigh Studios in Santa Monica, I live in the Valley. You know, right. it's an hour and a half coming back on a Friday. I'd but now just, you could just like stick your lines wherever yeah. and you don't have to memorize them when you go to an audition. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, how yeah, I, yeah. that's how I look. You know, that's how I look at it, Ryan. <laughs> right here, right here. How's my eye line? Yep. It doesn't look like I'm looking at my lines. All right. Yeah, good. We're good. I, Roll. I definitely do like certain ports where like I'll put like uh, post-its yeah. of like a line that I, or a word I can't remember and I'll glance at it and be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Now you said your parents didn't want you to get into this or they did? They did. But I don't, they wanted me to, I mean, for sure, like every parent wanted me to go to college and then. And then if this was something I wanted to pursue, they they would have liked me to have a, like a backup plan or, or a degree to fall back on, right? Yeah, but you were like something I I read or is it true about like your neighbors were going for an audition for an, to meet an agent, so mm-hmm. you're like, let's do that, and all of the, your siblings, you all went. Yeah, we did like a like a one of those showcase type. Who things. decided to do that? Whose idea was that? I'm assuming my mom. You know, like, so I've, so the story is I have 14 siblings, right? Whoa, a, whoa, whoa. I, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. You have 14 siblings. Are they all from the same? The youngest nine are adopted from all over the world. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was a way to, I think, I mean, my, like get a head start on paying off college. Cause there's no way my parents were going to pay for 15 kids. Hold on. Hold on. I mean, it's, I, I hate having in my calendar going, oh, I got to send my brother something. Oh, I got to send my, uh, you know, I got to call my sister. You got to call 15 people. I mean, if you were to talk to my 13. siblings, I'm the worst. 13. No, 14. I'm 14. One we're both wrong. Right. right. So, <clears throat> so I, don't, 14. I, don't, I don't call in. I mean, I'm the worst. I, I The only, th- I know my birthday and I know my older brother's birthday because he's one day after me. The rest of that, I get u- updates from my sisters. Like, Really? Hey, you don't know anybody's birthday? No. not I don't know. You my, know your mom's, I bet. Nope. You don't know your dad's? Nope. I mean, they're going to listen to this and. They probably they know this. They know I don't. I'm I'm the worst at that stuff. I'm so bad at that. Are you bad at remembering, or memorizing? <laughs> um, I'm no. So because of acting, I think I'm really good at memorizing things for a short period of time and then gone. You know, like I, if you made me learn a script, I could learn that real quick. But then if you asked me three weeks from now, I wouldn't have a clue. I'd be like, what? Yeah, I understand. You that. know, like it's just been trained in my head to like learn things. Like I always did good on tests because I would cram study for them. And then, the, you know, if there was ever like a recap or a surprise test, oh, I was failing that because I was like, wait, what? So you do well in school. Uh, I did when I was younger. Right. So five years old, you guys all go. How many do you go to this audition? I don't. That's a good question. I need to actually a, a handful of us. A handful of you. Yeah. And they so you did a showcase something. Yeah. Like, you know, one of those like looking for uh Young talented, you know, uh, there's a bunch right. of names I can't even remember, but you know. How many um, did they choose? Uh, or how many did they? So, that's an, you know what? These are great questions. <laughs> I, I, if, I, if I start just answering them, I'm going to be like, I'm but, just but it pulling started, it out my butt. It started you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what started it all. Yeah, and then also, like, I was definitely younger, and my older siblings were, same sort of thing, looked younger, mature. My parents, you know, my mom ruled with an iron fist, so, like, you know, we we listened to her. Like, my mom's a great mom. Like, I, we, like you would see kids on set crying or, like, being disobedient, running around. Be, that was never us. We would listen. If my mom said, like, hey, you're going to act like this, be mature, don't embarrass us, we did that. Why did you listen to her? Uh, my mom. I don't know. It's just the way my but mom. Was she, was she tough? Tough love? Yes, but no. I mean, like, Was yes, she a spanker? Yes. 
I definitely got spanked. We didn't get beaten, but I got yeah, spanked. Yeah, you know? I yeah. got spanked. Yeah, but, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I think this whole world now, it's like, you know. What oh, do you I think? want to spank my kids for sure. Yeah, Ryan? Uh, no, I didn't. I, I was definitely afraid of like breaking the rules, so I never did. Yeah, I mean, Would look, you have gotten spanked? No. Oh. Uh, did I get? No. No. All, all I could say is I'm not talking about beating your kids like you're saying. I'm just saying like a little smack on the ass yeah, oh, yeah, saying, yeah. hey, don't. I've told you three times. Yeah. You know, to wake up. My dad in the mall sometimes I'd be like, and like, you go, stop that, stop that. And then he'd grab my arm and go, ah. yeah. No, I just, like, honestly, I was more scared of my mom's look. Like, you know, that look like I was scared of say- my, mom, my dad's voice. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you again. <laughs> you understand? I think that's where I channeled some of the Lex Luthor stuff. Nice. I did. People said, where, where do you, where does the, where do you get that? You're kind of a goofy guy. I'm like, it's easy. Just channel my dad. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I hear, you know, even a lot of people do that. Um, I don't know if Farley, if I heard this or maybe it's wrong, but like Chris Farley would, uh, you know, he like his Matt Foley, there's a essence of his father and they're like, listen to me for God. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was like that essence. I mean, Napoleon Dynamite John, that was just like him and his brothers. They were always like, gosh, you're stupid. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, you get sort of characteristics from your friends and family for sure yeah or experiences well where did you get that i noticed like even when you did small but we'll get into teen wolf and all the stuff and the movie and you've done tons of things you work with sigourney weaver you've worked with a lot of great people clint eastwood right yeah i can't i mean i can't that's crazy but what were you gonna say that's a funny story i mean most of the stuff i did with him got cut anyway so that's funny i'm about to do a a movie coming (laughs) a lot of my stuff got cut. how do you deal with that by the way how do you deal with getting cut out or failure? Uh, well, the key to something for for me, like unless I've seen it or I know, like I was downplay everything. You know, like I've had friends who make a huge deal about something, especially if they're newer. You know, like if they haven't worked as much, and then they get something and they're super excited about it, and then it's like their friends and family, or you go to this premiere and then you don't find out it's cut till till it comes, and then you look from, in my opinion, you know, you it's 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 an ego. You're like, what? Why did that? So I just never play up anything to where i'm just like i don't know i mean you know we'll see and yeah when, i do the same yeah. thing and then when <laughs> and then I, when i'm cut i'm like yeah i don't you know i did more but i don't really know what see, happened i think that is a um classless act on the behalf of directors or producers not to call the actor who had a decent look if you had three lines and they're not in the movie you don't have to call this person no i de- mine was definitely small it was it was a handful of scenes and and it, no, it wasn't like yes. I, I understand what you're saying. No, they didn't. They didn't owe me a call. It was such a massive movie, and and what I had, and what they. It was a it was a really cool thing, which is why I did it. But then what I, most of the cool stuff that I did didn't, didn't make it. Rowdy Roddy Piper did this movie that was not good, and he was uh, like you know he had a scene in the movie, and he came to the premiere with his and they cut kids, it. and he oh. no one told him he wasn't in the movie. See, that's messed up. And I was like, and afterwards, I he goes, "Hey man, you're funny," and I go. Hey, I I can't believe your stuff wasn't in there. He's like, yeah, bud. He was so cool. He taught me the sleeper hold. Yeah, I go. I, I said, hey, look, does a sleeper hold really work, Rowdy? Rowdy, Piper. And he looked at me and goes, come here. I'm going to show you something. And he, he goes, you want to grab it right here? Grab your arm around the neck. The other arm goes this way. I don't need to pull here or something. And I just was, I was out and he oh, caught me. Yeah. And he goes, now you're going to do it to me. And I go, no, oh, I can't, I can't hold you up. He goes, no, you'll be all right. Just make sure I don't fall, hit the ground. Anybody could do the sleeper hold. Did you make him pass out? And I made him pass out because <laughs> he showed me how to do it. And he goes like this. And I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. He goes, yeah, see there? 
and he was it was it was trippy but yeah that's that's a lousy thing to do is not is not tell someone with such a name especially well, that, yeah you and know. especially if you're gonna bring your family like oh yeah Hey there, folks. It's Michael Rosenbaum, and boy, have I got a huge announcement for you. This has been a long time coming, and it's finally here. I'm doing a live podcast. My podcast, Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, is going live. Yeah, for the first time ever on Wednesday, October 11th at the iconic Regent in Los Angeles. And guess what? I'm not going to be alone. Um, we're bringing a guest you might remember. He's been on the podcast. He's a friend of the show, the one, the only, Zachary Levi. We're going to catch up on life and mental health, and we're going to have a really good time with all of you. I think you know that. We're going to make it a lot of fun. We're planning a Q&A, maybe some fun games, other exclusive stuff you're only going to get by seeing it live. We're even hosting a VIP meet and greet for a small number of people before the show begins. Grab your tickets, mark your calendars, and get ready for the night of laughs, insights, and unforgettable moments. Tickets are limited, so don't miss your chance to join us on October 11th at The Regent in Los Angeles. Get your tickets now at insideofyoulive.com. This is going to be an epic night, so if you're in the area, come out, and I'll see you there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I don't know how many times I have to talk about this, but it's so important. If you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do, it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp? When you don't have therapy, oh, the weeks where I miss a session, of course, yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up, and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small, and at times we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. So your mom was sort of that look, you know, she yeah. was she was a disciplinarian, but you guys listened. You listened, you were respectful. But with 13 kids, it had to get kind of rowdy. No, never. Rowdy. I mean, like, people think like, you know, like cheaper by the dozen. You know, how it was just mayhem. No, that mm -hmm. was never my house. My parents, uh, my mom, I don't know, just I, I think. 
like in life, like if you look at people that you meet that have issues or bad people, you know, like it all stems from parenting. So if you just are good parents, more often than not, your kids are going to be good. But just, yeah, but how about you have 13 kids? How do you pay attention to all 13 and help them with their studies? I mean, I can't be all right, your algebra. All right, next one. <laughs> Here's science. Don't know anything about it. Kelsey, move along. John, here we go. For sure. I mean, I'm sure there's some of that. I mean, that's stuff that I think about now. Like, you know, I'm in my later 30s, so I can't imagine what my parents had to go through. But you just we kind of just did it ourselves. And if we had questions, they would help us. But sometimes, sometimes I'm sure they couldn't or weren't as my dad was pretty good at math, but if he wasn't around, you know, like my mom's like me, we're not good at math. So get a tutor, get <laughs> figure a tutor. it out. Yeah. Go to the teacher, ask for help, you know, do, you know, figure this out yourself. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It's just, it just, yeah, it's gotta be tough. Like with all those kids, it just, it just, I, I think about it and it's just like, I think, you know, how I didn't get any attention growing up and I'm like, God, I can't imagine with 13 well, on kids. On top of not, I mean, the best thing about having so many kids is my mom had built-in babysitters. So also, like, if I wasn't getting affection from my parents, I was getting it from my siblings. You know, I was always around my siblings. Oh, I always had friends. <laughs> no, we never had babysitters. <laughs> babysitters were my siblings. Oh. And sometimes that was good, and sometimes it was bad. Yeah. You know, like, I had a, one of my sisters was was a tough babysitter. Really? I mean, I was a brat, so I, you know, she was tough on she'd me for beat reasons. You up, but huh? <laughs> no, I just get sent to bed immediately. And you'd listen. <laughs> I had to, or she'd call my mom, and then she's right, and I'm wrong. You know? Did you Did you ever deal with any like you know gr- growing up and like getting into the acting world? Did you ever deal with any like anxiety and your nerves, or were you just a confident kid because of your you know product of your own environment being you know? I uh, mean, I, having good parents. I have nerves all. I mean, for everything you get, you have nerves going in. You know, you you want to be perfect. Or you want to, you know, like you put you in, I know you can't, but know. you know, you've put in all this work, especially on certain auditions. Like that's the thing you try not to care. I mean, that's something I've learned is to not care about auditions. I mean, obviously I care about them, but to the, the second you walk out, you know, that thing of just like, forget about it. If throw it's meant paper, to be, throw it's the meant sides to be. away. And you know, that's easier said than done. There's definitely some auditions where you're like, uh, come on, I really, you know, like you can't not. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's always nervous. There's always, I'm, I get nervous for every audition I go on, even just like, but it's nerves of excitement more often than not because I have put in the work and I'm ready for the audition. The, the, the nerves that would kill me is if like you just gave, like I hate cold reads. So like that terrifies me or used to terrify me when, when I was younger. You mean just reading off the script? I hate, just, you or like, you just, haven't learned them, just read yeah, the scene. Just like, or like, you know, like sometimes like what my nightmare is going in on audition, doing really good on a, on a, like a, the, the, the character you're auditioning for and then being like, you know what? You're fantastic, but you're not right for this role. Here's this one. And then even though they know, I always think in my head, I'm like the casting director knows and hopefully they relayed that to whoever's watching, but I'm competing now against kids who've had a week to, to memorize this stuff and I'm hoping they convey that, but maybe not. And then when someone well, that's watches- That's not your like, fault. I know, I know, but, but you, I, I know what you you're know, saying. Like someone's watching them, they're like, yeah. oh, that kid's, he didn't, he didn't he take didn't the time prepare. to memorize. Yeah, he's just reading it. No, and the that's like, that gives me crazy. Tell. I hope, I don't know. Well, they have to. They go, well, why is this guy reading off the script? You, know, like, you, you say that, but I don't. it's the same thing when you send an audition tape. Like, are they actually watching this? I don't know. Well, Clint Eastwood, <laughs> okay. he casts off tape. I hope. He casts off tape. He casts me off tape. All right. Did you audition for Clint or did you cast off tape? Uh, I, no, it was for a uh, casting director. And I, I actually auditioned for a different role. And then they're like, same sort of thing where they're like, dude, that, you're fantastic. You're not. We don't think you're right for this, but hey, there's this smaller role, but it's actually really powerful. And it's what got, movie? Uh, Letters of Iwo Jima. Right. So there, there's this role that's like super cool and like it's going to paint this terrible thing about war and we think you could crush it. You're a Marine. Uh, yeah. And and originally I was going to have this like insane dying death scene. Like, you know, again, it's someone looking like the whole point was just showing how awful it is. And like, you know, some kid fresh off the boat, like barely out of high school, you know, fighting for his life. And it's this really cool dying scene. And uh 
I went out there. It, first off, it was the craziest experience. I went out in Barstow and tried to find base camp. And there's thousands, like I, I, you'd go over these rolling hills to where, you, where we had to park and there's no information. And I'd come over to the hill and there'd be like 300 soldiers Japanese soldiers <laughs> that they don't speak English or they weren't speaking English to me. And I was trying to figure out where I was. Dude, it took me like two hours to get to where I needed to go. And again, it was so crazy that like at base camp, there was just no information. So it was a very weird experience. Like it was really, yeah, it was crazy. And then they put me through like a boot camp with like a real Marine and you know, we're there with other actors and some actors might look like Marines, but they have zero you know, they're just fumbling over themselves. They don't know how to hold a gun or like, you know, when they're like, act like you're at war and crawl. And like, you know, there's a giant dude who looks But they like, went to boot camp. No, we're in like a temporary boot camp. It's just like a, you know, they like a, like, like a this quick, is how you do things quickly. Yeah. Or like to make it look legitimate. And then, and, and they asked me if I want to do it. And I was like, heck yeah. And thank God I, I can not, I can look like, you know, I can act like I'm a, a soldier because this guy would ream other actors. Like, I mean, he was just relentless, like real. And you? No, not me. He didn't. I never got in that crosshair. <laughs> Thank God. But like, I mean, I saw like a, a giant man almost cry. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, an was, actor, you know? No. It, I mean, a, an actor I met, right. you know, but yeah, it was, uh, it was intense. It was, it was, it was a, it was a wild experience. Well, and then that, all the stuff, like day one that we shot one scene and well, then. Well, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're missing when you worked with Clint the first time you met Clint. Yeah. I mean, that was one of my first scenes again. Did he say anything like, to you? Like, nice to see you. Um, I mean, he was super nice. Uh, he had a lot going on. He did. I mean, he had. So one of my favorite stories, the first time I actually met him was, again, I didn't know where base camp was because it, this thing was massive. Right. So we're, we're, we're talking with like handlers, I guess, like and like this Marine guy, like telling us what to do. And just it was a, such a simple scene. My first scene, we were just running over hill. I had no lines, nothing, just running over hill. Uh, trying to escape for whatever. I don't even remember. But so I run over this hill and then there's this whole thing behind me where uh, bombs are going off and like they, you, a couple of Marines capture a soldier or whatever. But so I'm one of the first over the hill and I, and I come over this hill and it's base camp. Like, oh, here it is. And Clint Eastwood's there. And right next to base camp is this like, it looks like wood that has been in the sea for, I mean, it's a desert. So it's just been just crazy pile of wood and he's poking a stick at it. And I'm like, you know, I went up to introduce myself and he like, without, didn't, for, he looked at me, but then he was like, shh, this thing is crazy. And I was like, well, didn't know what he was talking about. He's poking the wood. And I thought he was like, I was like, the wood? And then finally this crazy looking squirrel comes running out. And that was what he was doing. And that was how I met him at first. It's crazy. It's a crazy <laughs> squirrel. And, and I was just dying laughing. And I was like, this is the first time I met him. He's going to win awards for this, I bet. And the first time I met him, he's like not paying attention to what's going on at all now granted every time after that he was and you know the but next I, time i ran over but it's just funny the first time i met him it didn't even look like he was watching what was going on he was paying attention to the squirrel i think there's something to that i think there's more <laughs> than just an old guy kind of poking at a squirrel maybe i think you know these guys who are so confident with themselves can actually stop thinking about things for just a minute yeah five well minutes. it's like i said it was a the scene wasn't important. That part well, was regardless, but I think he can just like do that. Yeah. Like just like have a conversation with somebody and yeah. not worry about it. It's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah, just, yeah. that's what I gather from him. It was just like, it's funny. Last night I watched the unforgiven. Have you ever seen, or just unforgiven Ryan, you've never seen unforgiven. I haven't seen unforgiven. No. Have you seen unforgiven? Yeah. Yeah. It is one of the best movies, best Western I've ever seen. And I've seen a lot. It is incredible the acting gene hackman clint eastwood morgan freeman it's freaking powerful richard harris you gotta watch that dude you gotta watch that 
But yeah, you worked, I mean, working with him, I mean, I just, that had to be so exciting for you. It was cool to check off the bucket list, for sure. I wish I would have been able to do more. Yeah, we always wish, but just like, and I had a seven minute scene in in, in a movie and I was just like, oh my God, this is, you know, in fact, you know, my uncle's like, well, it's still the best work you've done. I was like 26 (laughs) or something. I was like, well, thanks. Um, But look, you've done a lot of stuff. Uh, Did you ever think that, you know you were going to be famous. I mean, did you ever, did you, did you look a, a lot of actors say, no, no, I never thought about that. I just wanted to be an actor and it's a bullshit. I wanted to be yeah. famous. I want to, but like when you were on Smallville, were you starting to work? You were like, what were you thinking? I know you said you, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I, I definitely, uh, yes, there's a part of me that, you know, like enjoys being famous in the sense of being successful because being successful means I'm doing something right. Right. That's how I, think. um, so I mean, yes, I, I mean, from, again, from Smallville days is like really when I put it in my head of like, um, this is what I want to do and I want to be successful. And, you know, obviously fame comes with that. And, and still to this day, I'm still chasing. I still would, I would love to be more successful than I'm happy where I, what I've done with, but trust me, we all, every actor wants, wants more. We want, uh, I mean, to, to be able to get to the point in your career where you choose the narrative or you get to choose your projects or you're writing your own stuff and it's getting greenlit instantly. That'd be fantastic. Do you think you want to have a family? Maybe oh, for sure. You do. Yeah. So your parents set this this bar like, hey, this is this is great. Family is great. Yes. And it's something that you like, hey, this works and I know it works and I want to have that. Yes. So you want to have a lot of kids? Like you want to no. adopt kids like they did? I I would love to again. Listen, I had a plan in my head that, you know, I'm 36 now, so things kind of haven't, you know, I always thought I'd be married like when I was younger, growing up in the Midwest, I'd be married with a kid, a white picket fe- by 30, for sure. Yeah. Um Living in LA is definitely different. You know, it's it's a tough dating scene. It's a tough everything. I mean, just living out here is rough. Um, so I would, I definitely want to adopt. I don't think I'll have, I, I won't have 15, I won't but have I would like to have a couple. 14. <laughs> Two, three, four, well, four no, max. Four, 14, you said you have 14 siblings. 14 siblings, yeah. So you and 14. So yeah. it'd be 15. Yeah. See, Ryan? I know, I was wrong. I was still confused. I was correct. I was still <laughs> There's confused. There's a lot of us, you know, if you can throw any number, <laughs> it doesn't is. matter. Um, do you get starstruck? I mean, no. you work with not at all. No, nobody. Sigourney Weaver. No, that, that's the one blessing for me. I, I've just been in and around entertainment so much. I mean, trust me, there's people where I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Like, but it's more sports but it doesn't stars for phase me. you. No, because again, once you get to meet them, like, uh, they're they're just normal people. I mean, as you know, like it's you're around the glitz and glam. So like, you go to war shows or whatever. Like, they they really are just normal people. Um. Now you respect their work. So that's the thing. Like for me, I love sports. So like if like I met Michael Jordan, or I have met Michael Jordan when I was younger, but I mean, if I met him again, it'd be more of like a, you're badass, but like, I don't need to, I don't, I fangirling out or, and I understand it, but it's just something that. It's just something you never really nah. gave a shit about. No. Nah. I mean, like, I, I want to meet, trust me, like there's people I want yeah, to work with. with I you want to work with. I respect right. them. But in terms of like the star aspect, it's just like a. You, I'm around it in LA all 24 seven, you know I mean? Now, do you, do you drink? Yeah, uh, yes. I'm Irish. <laughs> You're Irish. I guess. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, did you fall into the party scene yeah. at all? Did you get involved yeah, yeah, yeah. in all the drugs and all the shit and like going, what am I doing? And then get out of that quickly. So thank again, because of my parents, uh, I was in and around that in Hollywood. Um, so not going to college, not, mm. you know, being that young. Like, I mean, I moved out here when I was right before I was 18. Um, so my college experience was live, growing, like getting a house with other actors, uh, you know, like a four bedroom house and four actors that are 18, 19, 
living in a house and it, you know, it was crazy. And you know, um, you have some bad eggs that are not, uh, we'll call them bad eggs, but eggs that are not uh, uh, good influences. Yeah, or the people they bring around, you know, just being in Hollywood. So I definitely got into trouble. Um, the thing about me is I'm very lucky. I think genetics, I don't have an addictive personality, so I never got caught up into anything. And I've seen friends, you know, fall apart. Oh, the worst. Um, so in that aspect, I always worked really hard and then I played hard. Um, and I'm not an alcoholic in my life when I was younger, especially I was a problem drinker, you know, like there's no like one drink for me. It's like one, if I'm having one, I'm out all night right. um, in my twenties. Now I just too old. I can't do that anymore. And, um, but yeah, I definitely, so you've done it. Yeah. You've done it all. Did you, your parents ever have a talk with you? Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing what, what's going on? Oh, they, they, still, they still have a talk, you know, like they still know. They, they still, still worry about me. I live in Los Angeles. They know. Um, and thankfully again, you know, like it's, I, they don't have anything to worry about right now, but, uh, so you never got arrested or anything. No, I've been arrested. You have been arrested. Yeah. I was never, you know, when I was, I was in college, but I wasn't 21. I went to in, back home to Indiana and we went to this place, Kipley's and I snuck in with a fake ID and I was sitting at a booth and one of my friends comes over and goes, Hey, the ABC's here. And ABC is like the, bar, the, yeah, yeah. the alcohol, like the police that are checking for alcohol. I don't know what it, stand, what does it stand for. I should know this. I don't remember it anymore. Alcohol oh. Boys Club. I don't know. So um, I ran out the back door and hid in these bushes across the uh, parking lot near this house. And I just stayed there for about 30 minutes down. And then I finally go, nobody's chasing you. They're gone. And I got up, I started to walk out, lights came on, got cop comes out with a gun, goes, get get out, get up now, get up, put your hands up, put your hands up. I go, Oh, I don't want to have anything. He's like, you know, and he comes over and my wallet and he take get out everything out of your pockets. And I and I dumped it and a condom was on the floor. He's like, he said something about it. I don't remember, like, oh yeah, you're gonna use that, huh? Something and uh his name I'm I'll never forget because you could ask anybody where I grew up, Ronald McDonald. <laughs> he was a tough cop in Evansville. You didn't want to mess with him. He was, there, there was no forgiveness from this guy. This guy wasn't going to go, hey, have a good night. You're speeding a little bit. Slow down, son. Never heard of that. that. No, you're getting written up and you're getting, you know, he'll do whatever it takes to make your life hell. So you grew up in a smaller town? Small town. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was born in a small town. Uh, and they gave me minor entering a tavern under age, resisting arrest uh minor consumption and what's funny is he let me go let me go for the night to like leave he didn't arrest me but then the other cop as i'm walking to my car he goes hey buddy come here he looks at me he goes what are you doing i go i'm gonna drive home he goes you get in that car he's gonna he's gonna give you a dui he's waiting for you to get in the car don't get in the car and I go, okay. And I just stood outside my car door for like two hours. <laughs> and that, he, even after he drove off, I waited 30 more minutes. And then I drove home late. I never forget my dad when he goes, he made me wear a suit to court. He was like, I was sitting in the passenger seat and he was just like, he was such a dick. He goes, you know how embarrassing that this is? I'm taking my son to court with all these other lowlifes, you know? And we go there, and he's just like, and I just, it was just awful. I hated it. It was. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. But that was that's my, a good parent, I think. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's tough, but well, it could have been like, hey, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, there's different types of parenting, but for but, me, I don't. But nothing was. I'm, I'm not. Look, I, I, I was an asshole. You know, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah. made a mistake. But you know, things like that, like he didn't have any, any yeah. patience for. I go, hey, what would you do if I uh, got my ear pierced? He goes, you'd go in a halfway house. You, you wouldn't be here. And I go, okay. Meanwhile, my ear's bleeding because Candy Shepard next door just pierced my ear, and I'm looking in with my right ear. I go, oh, cool. I'll be at Nate's for the next week. Jesus. That's, but, I don't have tattoos. For, like, my parents, same thing. They, you don't have tattoos? No. They, my parents would murder me. Really? I still, I mean, I, I, I'm I, not scared, but I, it, I, I just like you, a respect thing. Like I bet I, you don't say F in front of your No, I do. I do. You do? You say yeah. F-bombs? I try not to now. I mean, now, but when I was in my tw- like 20s, I was like a re- same sort of thing. Like once I was able to drink or... I was a little punk where I was like, I can do, because my parents were strict. And then I had that thing where I just was rebelling against them or whatever. And my parents were still always cool with me. And um, so it was just like this dumb thing that I had in my head where, but I still, I still had, I wanted their respect. I still want their respect more than anything. Um, Which is why like, you know, I I actually really like tattoos. I have a lot of friends that are covered in tattoos. I don't want to deal with it as an actor because, you know, you're in the makeup even longer. But nowadays it's so easy. You could. I think about it sometimes, but then I also think my mom would kill me. So it's just not worth it. Did your mom know when you got arrested? Your parents know? No. They never knew. They did eventually, but I tried to, you know, I did handled they like, that. Ryan. Oh, they're super disappointed. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the same sort of thing. What your dad said. It was just drinking. It's not wrong. All that shit. You know, so. Yeah. Um, did you know Teen Wolf was going to be that big of a hit? Uh, well, so I jumped on the third season. Oh, so it was already a hit. So it already was a, uh, a giant hit my, my, my story is kind of crazy though i knew about team wolf before it ever started because i worked with um one of the directors who's also a producer on the show on prayers for bobby he directed prayers for bobby uh-huh. russell um and so i auditioned for season one of team wolf um and then i auditioned for season two where um for a different role where i was it, it, it was between me and, and another kid or a couple kids but i mean i auditioned for that one like 17 times I had Teen Wolf behind 17 me, times. Like, a ton in front of, for just for MTV. And MTV wasn't behind me. And they had an offer out to Daniel Sharman, um, who had just come off like a really popular movie at the time, The Immortals, I think. Um, and I didn't know that. So they just like, it felt like they kept giving me different notes. Like they're like, oh, he's too edgy. He needs to be more GQ or he's got to be more nerd. So like I'd go in these auditions, like 
dressed completely different every time. And they'd be like, <laughs> and it was just smoke and mirrors. To tr- they're waiting for Daniel to answer them. And MTV uh, didn't like me. Um, so yeah, the third, the third season is when I actually got on. Did they offer it to you or you have to audition no, again? Uh, that one was, uh, no, I, I auditioned, but it was, I was heavily favored. Really? Yeah. Finally, this guy's paid his dues. Yes. Like, I always well. had people on Team Wolf behind me. Jeff now, and, and Russell for sure. That's good. You have to have, got, yeah, got you have to have cheerleaders. You yeah. have to have somebody out there that's yes. rooting for you. And that's so important in life. It's like having somebody that believes in you. Yeah. Because no, I owe them a lot. it's hard to believe in yourself sometimes when nobody else does. So if you have that one person, I always talk about that, you know, my, you know, I had a teacher that actually was patient with me. I remember Mr. Morrow, Mr. Morrow. In fact, I went back home in Indiana and uh, I said, Hey, we're all going to Taroni's for some pizza. I'm taking everybody to pizza. <clears throat> Why don't you come? He goes, I'd love that. I would love to do that. <laughs> so old Mr. Morrow straight up and all my friends were like, what? Who's this dude? <laughs> I go, this is Mr. Morrow. And I, I don't really remember Mr. Morrow. <laughs> Some did, but like most, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was like, he was a substitute teacher. Thank God for this in this one year. And, and uh, we, we hit it off. He was just, he was just cool, but he, you know, he was, yeah. he, he didn't treat no, me like I was like stupid. Yeah, exactly. And it, it means the world when you're a kid, you know, like just someone to, that you connect with or that, you know, doesn't treat you like a child. Yeah. It means a lot when you're a kid. So you get the role and I know MTV. And a lot of these streamers, I, I, I assume Tubi is probably pretty cheap. Um, but MTV money. I remember I did a show and I mean, <laughs> uh, guys, I'm telling you, <clears throat> I got this pilot for MTV with Jackson Brown's son, Ethan, great guy, and Leslie Bibb. And the three of us did this show and I was paid $4,000 for the pilot. Sounds about right. And after taxes and everything was about for three, Agents four manager. weeks work. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I think I had $1,400. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I know. And, and then they wanted me to do a development deal because uh, the, the pilot didn't go, but they liked me. We'll give you five grand. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I'm rich. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> but I mean, were you like, was it? Was the same, it, same story. MTV is not, they're not known for paying well. Um, but did they start to pay you in season four and season five? <clears throat> I mean, or, or was it just never a thing about money with that show? They, no, they were, it was tough, always battle. Even the actors that were there from the beginning were <laughs> battling. And MTV's just not. So the cool thing though with MTV that we got lucky with is um, like the CW, for instance, uh, conventions, you know, like the oh, fans are so strong and so powerful that doing these conventions pays good money. Um, and so that's with, where the money comes with, to get the keeps on giving. Yeah. With Teen Wolf, we could do conventions with Teen Wolf named whatever. Like we could, they, uh, like the arrow ones or like ones for CW. It's always like bow and arrow or like something that's not nothing to do with Teen Wolf, but it's like similar, you know? Right. Whereas for, for whatever MTV didn't have any of those restrictions on us. So, you know, we, we did well in conventions if we were able to get away from work. How many um, cons did you do a year on <clears> average? Again, it depends on how much you were working. Like, so if you had time to make it, uh, sometimes some years, 20 plus, um wow you know and then covid killed it all i mean it, they're they're starting to come back but uh but yeah they it, it i really enjoy them that's a blast you get to interact with fans in a short you know like in 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 a short weekend you know get to get to bounce ideas off them i had a really fun experience of one of my uh like my little arc was figuring out what my character was i was supernatural but you didn't know and 
Teen Wolf didn't let me know either. So I was kind of figuring it out as we go. So I actually would love going to these conventions and like bouncing ideas off. Um, some people had amazing <laughs> ideas. Some people, yeah. Oh, well, same sort of thing. But there's some of their ideas, I mean, they're <clears throat> smarter than me in, in every way. You know, they come up with things where oh, you're yeah. like, yeah, they know more. Oh. They, I feel like an idiot sometimes. They're like, well, when you have right. this, this, the key, it's, I'm like, I, and Tom and I are like, I have no clue what you're They'll talking about. They'll come up with things in the script that what, what they've come up with makes perfect sense, where you're like, I don't think the writers were that smart. Maybe, I don't, you know, like the time <laughs> of your watch, and, and, and you're like, I don't think it, I mean, that's amazing that you came up with that, but I don't, maybe, yeah. I gotta ask that. And then you go ask, and they're like, no, we didn't do, <laughs> you oh, know, like the, they're so smart, and they pick up on everything. So for me, I had a blast. And then some of their story, and things that they would come up with was fascinating. And then it, and then I would be like, kind of repeat some of that and try to sound smart. You'd be like, yeah, well, I think, uh, <laughs> here's you know, my idea, yeah. because I met, <laughs> well, I'd be like, no, I bounced these ideas off with Bubba, you know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I loved it. It was actually a lot of fun. It was yeah. one of the coolest things ever that I, because most you most of the time you know what everything about your character you get a script you know everything and you can't tell anyone and at first i hated it because i was like this is so i want to know like what if i'm playing it wrong what if like i'm doing this this and this and all of a sudden they tell me i'm like this and that doesn't make sense at all yeah so it bothered me for a little bit but then i was like no i'm just gonna have fun with this like the writers aren't gonna do me wrong like they're gonna they'll let me know when it you know and how i've been playing it is kind of i assume how they're gonna write it so then i just when i just started when i stopped caring about that and had fun with it my most enjoyable time was with fans bouncing ideas being like i dude i don't know like i think because you know it was just, it was a it was a lot of fun do you remember the first time you went to a con and were you blown away by how many people were there to see you were you like willing, it was gonna be, is there gonna be anybody there do they it, care again i i knew because team wolf was already established and and they've i've already seen conventions like i knew what to expect but i mean yes your first time i mean the craziest thing is especially like overseas like paris or france for whatever reason like kids i don't know what it is but there'll be like 500 kids at two in the morning at your hotel out front are you serious yeah that part's that part's intense where you're just like you know, you can't sleep. Or the airport, you deal with a lot of at the airport. Sometimes they're pretty good at trying to, I mean, every once in a while something gets leaked somehow or, and then you show up and there's somehow you're like, whoa, how'd they figure that out? Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times it's, it's normally an actor doing something dumb, like posting, you know, like a ticket, like look where I'm flying. It has to do with the time. So they're why like, would they're, they, why? but people do that. Or like, you know, like first time act, like one thing that like, I definitely remember <laughs> getting like the talk, like, all right, right. Like one of my first conventions, uh, like big ones, uh, they're like, don't post the hotel, like don't even post a picture because then they'll figure it out or don't even post for across the street because the fans will figure it out. And sure enough, like some someone will accidentally slip something and then next thing you know, they, they figure out where you are all because of they could see like they're investigators. It's oh, insane. that's the yeah. wallpaper yeah. from the uh, yeah. and the Hilton over in, on yep. Courage Street. Yeah. yeah, they'll figure it out. They do figure it out. Yeah, that was, that's weird. I used to, I finally used an alias. Um, it's a kid who picked on me in high school. So I used his name. <laughs> no. But um. Yeah, and it's funny because I go back to Vancouver every once in a while to work, and the last time I went, I was with my brother, and uh, I walked into the lobby of the Sutton place, Sutton. and I'll make up a name, but the the head guy goes, "Good evening, Mister Johnson," or whatever, and I go, and my brother goes, and my and the name is such a funny thing because I used to always talk about this guy picking on me when I was kids. So my brother, when he heard that, he was like, "Oh," and it was some a name that's kind of yeah, fun, yeah, sounds yeah. funny, yeah. I won't say it because obviously yeah, yeah, that I don't yeah. have an alias name. That'd be stupid, Ryan. I think that wouldn't be smart. Um, yeah, cons are incredibly. There's one thing I will say because I told Michelle, my friend Michelle, uh, her and Chris, they just they lost their their boy Preston, who was a good buddy of mine. He was 16 to a horrible cancer, and I, you know, he was Ronald, you know, went to the Ronald McDonald House and they helped him, and he went through I don't know how many surgeries. I sat with this kid through chemo 
visit him in the hospital. I FaceTime with all my superhero friends like Zach Levi and Welling and all these guys and great kid. I used to drive up to him to see him and his family and we watched, in fact, his favorite show was Teen Wolf. And if he knew I was talking to you right now, I wish he, I wish he would go crazy. In fact, his mom, we were texting and she was like, Oh my God. And she's like, it's hard for me to even watch that show because, and, and when it ended, Preston was so upset. He was so upset. And downstairs here, I go, well, what's your favorite show? And he goes, Teen Wolf. And I go, Teen Wolf. Really? I hadn't seen Teen Wolf. And he goes, yeah, can we watch it? And I go, yeah, let's watch Teen Wolf. And we ended up watching like three episodes of the first season. And I was like, this is fun. This is kind of fun. And he knew that he knew like some of the lines. And But it's amazing what I felt like when I go to these cons, you know, for Smallville or anything I've done when, when you could see like, hey, this was, a mo- this was something yeah. my dad and I had on Tuesday yeah. nights. Or this is, and it means so much to people. And you don't realize, you're like, it's just a show. How could this mean something? And so how does that make you feel? How do you, how do you deal with that stuff? Uh, I mean, you feel awesome, especially like I was, I hope in my life I get to do more, but like you mentioned a, a film I did with Sigourney called Prayers for Bobby. Now that movie is based on a true story about a young boy, Bobby Griffith, who, who sadly kills himself, um, because he's gay, you know, his, his family doesn't accept him. And, you know, like so many families who are uber religious and think that that's wrong, uh, would just chalk it up as you know, the devil got a hold of him or, you know, hopefully, you know, well, Mary Griffith did a 180 and realized she's the one who killed her son, not, you know, not her, you know, she pushed her son to death. Right. Uh, and instead of continuing that style, she does a complete 180. And, you know, to this day, she was one of the leading activists for uh, LGBTQ plus rights. And wow. She, I mean, it's just the story in itself is is mind boggling and talking to her about her son and, and her interactions and that stuff is, is also you're like, the amount of respect I have for her to openly talk about that, you know, be like, you're telling me you killed your son. And she's like, I, you know, it's the worst, you know, the hardest thing I've ever done in my life is to, uh, admit, is to that. admit that and, and realize Gosh. that I did that, you know? And then she's like, now from here on out, I'm trying to correct that. And it's a powerful, it's a powerful message. So a movie like that, like, trust me, I would, I would meet people all the time and I still meet them all the time who write me letters and, and be like, you know, you've changed the way my parents talk to me or like you meet like a, a giant, must be military man, giant burly man comes up to you and you're like, what's this guy? He'll come up and shake my hand and be like, I look at my son differently because of you. And you're like, what? It's, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's it, and, you, and again, you have that stuff, same thing with Team Wolf stuff. But for me, with Team Wolf, you know, it's the same sort of thing where you're like, it's just a TV show about werewolves, but it does affect people's lives. Or if you're going through a bad time and, you know, you're, you're, you're struggling to get out of bed, you find joy in a show that, that, you know, brings you laughter or, enjoy, you know, keep, keeps you waking up the next day. And just to get you out of that funk, you know, it, it means a lot to people. And, that, and that's the thing where you're like, wow, this is bigger than just me acting and uh and it's cool and that's the stuff that really i enjoy that aspect i love when people tell me things like that and same sort of thing i've had experiences where uh you know i met a girl who who she's passed away since but uh teen wolf was her favorite thing and she was girl was dying of cancer she was young and she and again i I was terrified i had to go like in like a hazmat suit to even talk with her uh i went there with some of the cast and i was terrified i was like i don't know if i can handle this like i'm not good with death i don't want to see a kid Mm -hmm. that's you know that only has a week left to live. Like what, how am I supposed to be strong for this child? And then going in there was like one of the most powerful things I've ever experienced because she was stronger than any one of us, you know, that, and like she would crack jokes about her dying with her parents. And you'd be like, well, I'm not worried about me. I'm worried about my parents, you know, like just con- you know, her, her, her energy was insane. And so to do things like that is pretty cool. 
Yeah, I would go to the Ronald McDonald house a lot and I would have to walk out and go to the bathroom and get, you know, my composure yeah, yeah. because <clears throat> I would just feel it coming in. I'd go in there and I would just like break down mm -hmm. for like five minutes and then kind of get it together because it was just, I mean, there's nothing worse than a, a child suffering. Yes. It's, there just isn't. I, yeah. I can't, I can't imagine anything worse than that. You know, it's like, you know, sometimes it takes looking at someone and going, wow, you're never going to have a life. You're never going to yeah. meet a girl and have a, you know, maybe a, a, a guy have a family and travel and, and just nothing. I mean, you're going to everything so premature. The, the strain like, financially that it puts on the parent, like every, you see, they're just barely holding on. It's tough. It's, it's, and it's everywhere. I'm going to cry right now thinking about yeah. it. It's terrible. Seriously. Yeah. yeah, I could too. It's like, it's, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, Doing no, it's, is it, it is. It's a good thing. I mean, yeah, we're lucky. I always say that we're lucky that we can do things. We make, we can make money doing things we love and, and, and people, you know, support them. And, yeah. Um, do you, uh, even to this day now you're 36 years old. Are you got a girlfriend? Mm -hmm. How long? Uh, a little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. You thinking maybe, uh, you haven't gotten there. Not, I mean, it's always in the, at my age, it's always in your head, you know? So it's, so, you know, I'm not dating to just date anymore, you know? So, so yes, she's, uh, incredibly important to me and timing is that, you know, it's, there's things that she has going on in her life and my, you know, I'm a big believer and there's no rush. So even though a year, a year is like still like, yeah, let's figure it out. Yeah, no, you, you find know, like out things, if the person's crazy yeah. after six months or we a year. Don't, I, another thing that I'm hugely, you know, like imp, I think is incredibly important. It was like no, no with my family when I was younger, uh, living with someone before they're married. I think it's like you I have would, to. I, you have to. Yes, you have so, to. That's the next step. My us. friends are always worried that I know you're going to just meet someone and get married. I go, no, I'm not. Yeah. I'm going to live with them. Yeah, and if they could live with me, and I could live with them. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I've never had that. Can you believe it? I'm 50. I've never lived with a girl. Well, I lived with this woman for five months, but we lived with her parents. That was kind of weird. How old were you? 20, almost mid 20s. Yeah. I don't know people do that. That was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> now it would be weird if you did that. What? If, if he moved into some girl's parents' house, I think that would uh, be Yeah, a 50-year-old man living with, you know. Like, wait, um, what happened it's, your house? it's such a crazy world, dating. Yeah. Do you, were you ever on the dating apps? Oh, yeah. You, you are. have to. You have to. I mean, it's as much as I hate that, the whole concept of, listen, if you're if you're out there dating and you're, like, I, here's the perfect example. I went out when I was, I went through a heartbreak, and so I went out to, out, out, I was out mingling, like, oh, I'm, I'm going to try. And I saw this girl who I thought was beautiful. And I know, again, I have nine sisters. I, I just know, I knew it was girls night. I know I'm going to get shut down by her friends, even if I can make it to her. But the thing, and I was like, maybe Ryan, maybe you're just being, just do it. Just who cares? Come on, What's Ryan. the worst that could happen? Come so on, I go Ryan. and trust me, her friends try to shut me down and I get to her and she's friendly, but want nothing to do with me. And I shit you not the next day or not the next day, but like at least a couple days later, she matched. I saw her on a dating app and I was like, no way. And so I, was, you know, didn't expect anything of it. Anyways, she matched and I joked around with her and I was like, hey, you know, like, just so you know, I met you the other, and she's like, what? And you turned me down. Yeah, and, I, and she was like, oh, that was girls night. I don't even remember, you know, like, it's, it's girls and are already talking. Her? No, no, this is a different oh, okay, one. No, this, okay. is, this is years ago. That would have been a really nice but, story. But it's that, that thing where it, girls are already talking to guys on dating apps already. So if you meet them out in person, you're already behind the curve, you know, and like, 
how do you like you never go to the thing that I miss is I, I just got to experience this when I was younger going to a bar and, and if your friends didn't show up you stayed there and mingled with other people and you met other friends now I'll never go to a bar that my friends are at because they text you immediately you know they're like hey change of plans we're going to rock and Riley's or change of plans we're you know right. so you never you never do that thing where like where's Tom? I don't know call him and you leave like so the concept of like different people pockets don't mix as much it's so it's, it's the same not thing as organic yeah it's like and even when you get on those dating apps i don't know how many times i'm like oh she seems she has a career she's uh, you know she's pretty i click oh i matched with her this is great and then i'll you know should i wait a day i'll be desperate here and then i'll uh, say say something funny you know hey uh crickets yeah and then either crickets and Five days go by and I go, hey, just uh, saying, hey, one more time. Hope you're well. Nothing. I delete it. Delete it. Like, yeah. What was that? Or sometimes they'll say, hey, what's up? And I go, hey, how are you there? You know, and a f- two things. And then they're gone. Yeah. Or it's just so. And I don't want to um, meet someone on a dating app. And then they're like, all right, let's get dinner. Now it's three hours with somebody. I haven't met you yet. So I would like to FaceTime you. Let's see if we have a rapport or meet for lunch. Okay. You know, lunch is an hour. Yeah. Nobody has longer than an hour lunch. Coffee is a good one. Coffee. And that's it, man. And yeah. and you know, 90% of those don't end up going past coffee. No. Or lunch. Well, nine, I mean. And I always feel bad. It's like, I'm, you know, I have a good time and I, I inadvertently sometimes you know, I don't say like, I like you, or I just say, Oh, great. I'm interested. And because I want to be interested in someone. And then I go and they're like, Hey, how are you? What's going on? Well, it's just the worst. You mean also, I, I, I swear I've met girls where their roommate texts for them because they're hilarious. They're sharp. They're witty. And then, you, <laughs> and then you go get coffee with them and you're like, mm, what happened? happened to what? Where's the jokes? Where's the sarcasm? What yeah. Happened? Where's all witty? Are you nervous? Or, you know, but it's not. And they're just, <laughs> It's so it's just dating apps are the worst and 99% of them never even make it to coffee because they just ghost you or they disappear or they're talking to someone else or again also like I also have an ego too so like if someone doesn't respond to me too long I'm like well fuck you you know and like and then which maybe they're busy like maybe they actually have something going on that's what my friends always say yeah I'm like well fuck like I'm important too yeah you get you feel like kind of like insulted yeah you know what's wrong with me yeah what did I do what did I say or if a girl cancels for whatever reason like again it could be a perfect example I've canceled in my life like things happen but in my head i'm like nope i'm worth i'm valuable you know and you're like and that could be a perfect potential person that yeah, you're just blowing up your pro- your it's, fault yeah that's but, your problem that's yeah. my problem but as i get older it gets harder and harder you know like getting when i was younger i was way more conducive towards putting up with and molding around someone's issues now i'm like nope <laughs> red flag red flag red flag See, that's but, but the older you get and the <laughs> longer know, you harder. wait for someone the more red, the red flags that were just like like i don't know what's uh what's a very light I didn't have red flags in my twenties, but I'm colorblind. What's a light red that you can't really make it? It's not strong red. Maybe a, maybe a pink, no, a whitish pink. No, maybe like a uh, like a vermilion. Okay, call it a vermilion. It's just like you know, the, all these all these flags are everywhere, and it's like you got to just think about what can I deal with. And my friend once said, "Listen, you have a great life, single life. You do a lot of yep." great friends you have a lot of fun going obviously i want to be in a perp in a relationship and you know have somebody to travel with and be there for me and stuff and um but he's like i just want you to know coming from someone who has 23 years with someone my friend tom he goes just know this when you're in a relationship with someone 
their problems are now your mm-hmm. problems. So you have your problems, but you also have their problems. And I was like, oh, fuck. I don't even have time to deal with my problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know how to deal with my problems. Now I got to deal with their problems. But it's true. You have to sort of. Yeah, it's a give and take. Yeah. And again, I swear to God, I mean, I've experienced it, but dating in LA is the hardest in the world. There is no, it's the worst. It is. It's and People, again, my friends in Indiana, are always like, oh yeah, no, you go out with Nicole nothing. Kidman? I'm like, yeah, I went out with Nicole Kidman. Yeah, because she's, <laughs> no, I have her number. It's, you should totally date her. I'm like, well, what are you talking about? This. But it's like, they don't, they don't realize, you know, but in Indiana, the converse <laughs> is everybody's married. Yeah. Everybody has kids. That's what you do. There's no single people yes. over 20 in Indiana. That's well, just everyone's career driven here. Or they've got their goals, and and the first sign of a speed bump, they're already swiping on the next person. You know, like that's it's true. How it's do tough. You, how do you deal with uh, mental health? How do you deal with like uh, being motivated, being um, not being anxious, being down on yourself? Being uh, do you deal with be ever dep- depression at all? Yeah, I mean, I, th- thankfully I've been blessed. I don't I, I don't want to call it real depression, you know, because some people struggle with some stuff that I could never understand. Um, but I definitely get. I mean, human nature to get down on yourself. Um, for me, I get in low periods of my life when I don't have purpose. So something I struggle with in my 20s a lot, you know, when, yeah, acting is, I did a movie with uh, Armin Bueller-Stahl um, when, called, uh, my brain's not working right now. Um, oh, I should know this. Uh, Dust Factory, there we go, it came to me. Uh, and, and when I was a kid, he told me, you know, to be a successful act, actor, you need hobbies. I didn't know what the heck he was talking about in my head. I was yeah. like, that's weird. He was a painter, a musician. He did everything. Um, <clears throat> and I was just like, as a kid, I was like, that made no sense. And it wasn't until like my 30s where I was like, oh. In my 20s, I go crazy. Like when I'm working, I'm happy as a clam. You know, I'm so, everything's awesome. And it's those down times where I, that's when I get into trouble or if I, you know, like I don't have things to do or you start, you know, like you get lonely or whatever. So, so having purpose, keeping myself busy, you know, like even just going to the gym in the morning helps me keep my mind moving for for a reason it's those times where like you know like say if you just did you just got off a series or a film you know and you have like two months off it's it's easy to just be like i'm just gonna relax and for those two months i would my it would mess with me mentally oh yeah rather than you know you'd think like oh and i'm you just spiral. taking a break yeah I'm, I'm i'm that's good for my health i'm taking a break no i need to have things to do to to make it so like you know because the average person they have a nine to five and you know they just they just keep going through it for me i'm I'm meant for that not nine to five but like staying busy because when i have downtime that's when i get into trouble that's when i do stupid things that's when i i just do dumb things when i have too much free time and i get down on myself the most dangerous word in the dictionary sedentary (laughs) that's what when i'm just not doing anything just sitting there I think everything's fine. I could watch a movie and then the yeah. movie's over. And then I'm thinking, what am I doing? I put on another movie. Then I'm thinking, and I'll go upstairs. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's it's like, you know, some people need to be busy. Yes. I think everyone needs to have a little passions. Bit, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I said it millions of times, but you don't have to, you know, be a, a, a movie star. You don't have to be a millionaire to be happy or have right. passions. Everyone loves something. Everyone loves doing something besides watching TV and like, you know, going out for a hike or, you know, going to play softball with friends or learning guitar or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Hobbies. Hobbies. Like he said, it's so, it's so true. Like I have, that's the thing. I have a lot of ho- hobbies, you know, a lot. And that's 
thank God for those. Thank God for still <clears throat> playing some sports and still playing guitar and music and all this stuff because those lulls can get they get you, know, you yeah especially when you're young and you're you're always like you're always working and going to this and hey we're going to this party and hey we're going here and hey you're going to toronto and you're gonna shoot this and you're gonna and then all of a sudden everything stops and you're like who am i what the f- what am i doing here and it's just it's scary all right this is called shit talking with ryan kelly <laughs> these are my top tiers okay. rapid fire perfect this is uh go to uh inside of you uh, patreon.com slash inside of you patrons save the show they really uh support the show and if you want to become a patron do it it's a lot of fun all right <clears throat> miss kayla sue what was the biggest blessing and biggest challenge of, of being one of 15 kids the biggest blessing and the biggest challenge biggest blessing is i can handle any personality that ever exists you know like i'm <laughs> such a people person you can't good answer. there's not a person out there that like you know like i might not i, I can make i'm such a people person I, you can put me in a room and i'm i can i can make it happen i might not enjoy them as much as but like i'm not the type of person who gets freaks out it's like it. eh, you know i can handle anyone uh biggest, the biggest challenge, challenge? Knowing, uh, the, knowing their birthdays <laughs> yeah right um the biggest challenge you don't have to i mean I get, I'm, I'm just trying to think like i never knew anything different getting so lost in the mix maybe but i never felt like i was lost we were I, I, I'm, that's a really good question. I don't, I've never had it worded like that. So where I'm like, mm, what was it? I mean, I, I just, uh, traveling. <laughs> well, yeah, but again, oh I didn't gosh. know we didn't, we didn't travel. So like th- those things sound what so about favorites, jealousy, probably. I'm sure I, you know, I was my mom's favorite. My, all, you so were, <laughs> well, I traveled with my mom. A were lot. you the youngest? No, a middle, but, middle. I, but I, but my siblings always make fun of me saying I was my mom's favorite. And it's just cause I spent the most time with her because of acting, because right. I needed a guardian. So my mom and I got really close. So I'm for sure a mama's boy. Did they put all that money in, in a trust fund or whatever for you, or did you have to give some to them? Oh, I definitely had to. I mean, it wasn't to that to the family, you know, like coming out to Los Angeles, you know, the Oakwood apartments. We, that was expensive. Renting a car for three months out of the year to make it there for pilot season. That that stuff was that money was never mine. I never thought of it. It was my family. Like, we, it was a thing that they helped me get to where I am today. So I right. got some money, but some sure. of it was gone. You know, put towards things that my family did. That makes so. perfect sense. Um, all right. Michelle K as a Chicago native, deep dish or regular pizza? Deep dish all day. I love deep dish. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, I mean, even bad pizza I'll eat. I love pizza, pizza, but. Ryan? There's a good deep dish place out here. There's uh, not. There's not? There's a Say good, it. Uh, it's on Melrose? Say it. Oh, fuck. I don't remember its name. It's not. Oh, all right. Just, there used to be Taste Chicago. <laughs> I mean, that was terrible. Remember that spot in Burbank? It was from uh, that. Act, um, I should know this. Right? I don't like the pizza here either. It's terrible. I mean, it's not. You know, again, my, I can eat shitty pizza, so I'll still eat my it. My buddy nothing owns like Prince Street Pizza, and he says it's great. Uh, my friend Larry Lawrence. Well, they got the the pepperoni cups, those things. There? Yeah, isn't that what they do? Isn't that their thing? I don't know. I haven't been, but I'm, uh, I got to check it out. Prince have, Pizza. Check that out then. I have, I Prince know. Street Pizza. Listen, again, bad pizza is still good to me. <laughs> you haven't tried Prince not Street. Like, no, I haven't. All right, let's go try it. Lalani, and when you were on Smallville, did you have any techniques or tricks that help you act out those emotional scenes with Clark? What were you thinking about? Uh, I always think of, it, it changes every time I have to cry, but I think of like a terrible situation. So like, um, like yeah, picture something awful, like your mom gets hit by, I mean, this is gonna be terrible, but your mom gets hit by a car, she's pinned between a car, and you're the only, like mom, the only sibling that gets arrives at the scene and the cop's like, hey, she's coherent but you have two minutes to talk to your mom before she's gone. And then you're just whiffed away. And, and like what I would you say, do that. what I would say to my mom and then just thinking like that, you know, just it was like, Poof. and then I can't use that again because it doesn't work because I use that. So I have to think of other. And then I, it sometimes it takes me a little bit to figure out what that one is. And once I find it, then I'm like honing on that and I can do that. 
but it's weird every time it's something completely different and then the thing that worked me for the last time doesn't trigger this because i'm like ah, i did that right i i hear you jessica b tell us how you felt when they announced they were doing the teen wolf movie shocked i couldn't i was like what you know was, we went from doing a if anything i expected another season and then when that didn't happen you know it was kind of just like that was a That's chapter it. of my, yeah and it was awesome and we, yes we want a little bit more but at the same time sometimes you know writing off with wanting more is always better than you know to where something go, is just bad and yeah. just, like just beating a dead horse <laughs> yeah. uh, so i wasn't i was content so when they did the films I was like what that's cool well you already said this so you don't have to answer but ruby m we answered this in the interview just saw prayers for bobby what a great movie what has the impact on you after you worked on prayers for bobby yeah, but yeah. you already told yeah, me so there you have powerful. that ruby i just want to say it. your name ruby uh jam and jenny you've been performing since you're a kid do you have any particular mentors along your way which ones who Everyone I work with, I mean, even like even working with you guys, I told you, you guys truly impacted my life. So when you when I got the email from you, I was like, what? This is this is crazy because you guys changed my life into where I was like, I specifically remember. And and you guys were also all very nice. So that was another thing. Like if you guys were assholes, which I've been on sets where people are, I probably would have maybe gone a different route. But because you guys were so friendly um, and then on top of that, it's I, I seemed to see the joy that you guys had. I was like, I want to be like that. Yeah. I like it. Um, you work with Shatner? Uh, I did. Boston Legal? <laughs> sure, sure. I, I, not as much. He was like, I never got to directly work with him. He was in a scene. No, he wasn't in any of it. He was around, but no, I didn't get did to. Did you ever talk to him? Uh, I had a conversation with him for like 30 minutes and he was super, fr- it was again, it was about my family and he was just making fun of me. 15 kids? Yeah. He was. How did you do that? Yeah, that was exactly, that <laughs> what, was it. Were you, were you um, uh, <laughs> upset a lot of the time? Because- <laughs> A lot of kids. Yeah, I've talked to him too. And then the next time we see him, he's like, I don't know, I don't know you. Yeah. What is this? Um, this has been a real treat. It's been a real treat seeing you grow up to be such a great guy. And I know you're going to get married some sometime. You're going to have kids. I love that you had a good family. I love that uh, it seems so chaotic, but it really just worked for you. Yeah. Which it's so important to, to love your kids, you know. And if you show them that and you pay attention to them and you – you're there for them. It's important. It, it makes their transition transition into, into adulthood easier. Yes. Um, when you don't have that sort of um, what's the the uh, support? Yeah. It's uh, building blocks. You know, like yeah, that- yeah. That's cool. Biggest audition that you almost got that you didn't get. Biggest movie. Ooh. Uh, I don't know if I almost got it, but I've gotten far on stuff that like I got way too excited. Like again, something that crushed me is the the Andrew Garfield Spider Man. You know, I had a couple auditions for that, and that was like my childhood dream, like being Spider Man. So I don't think I was anywhere near. How many auditions? Four. You were near. Yeah. So you were near. But um, yeah, that was that would have been cool. Oh man, that was that one was where he I, was I tried to. I tried to. He was to, terrible. No, he wasn't. He was. I, I, tr- I tried to not not get upset at that one but that one you know i I cried into my pillow at night for three years i still do actually (laughs) still cry (laughs) i still think about it yeah all right dude thanks for coming out (laughs) thanks for having me good seeing you good seeing you nice guy yeah really just um it was easy it was easy i like when it's easy although sometimes when it's hard it's like kind of (laughs) forces you to kind of be a little malleable a little (laughs) maneuverable a little um so, uh, but I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed Ryan. It was fun. Um, all the stuff we said in the intro, if you didn't listen to it, uh, it's all there. So you could listen to it there. 
Um, follow the podcast at Inside You Podcast at Inside, on uh, uh, Instagram and Facebook at Inside You Pod on Twitter. And uh, I'm on Cameo and uh, uh, Patreon.com slash Inside if you want to give back to the, the podcast. And I'll send you a message after if you want to join and uh, give back. Uh, what else? Um, inside You Online Store, all that stuff. Tom and I will be on the road. Um, where are we going? We're going to uh, freaking D.C. and Rhode Island and Nashville and, uh, you know, the list goes on. So get tickets to come see us at a con. You can go to my Instagram uh, at the Michael Rosenbaum and it's on the link tree and all the things we're doing, including Cameo and all that stuff. So you could uh, come visit us and we could hug it out um, right now. I think it's time for the top tier shout outs. I think so. You think so, Ryan? I agree. I think we should do this? Probably. All right, we're going to do this. This is the top tier uh, patrons. Um, if you want to become a member, uh, I'll send you a message back, but uh, you get your name shouted out if you join the top tiers and lots of other perks. And we're adding perks as we speak. So thank you for being a patron. If you're a patron, I love you. Top tier patrons, here they are, and they've been here for a while. Nancy D, Leah and Kristen, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Nico P, Robert B, Jason W, Dreamweaver. I mean, a lot of these names have been here just for so long. And it baffles me because I have abandonment issues. <laughs> and I always assume that one day I'm going to look on here and no one's going to be here. And I know people have families and lives and but uh it's just uh it's just awesome and it means so much to me so thank you uh nico p brian h i said sophie m rashid joshua d jennifer n stacy l jamal f janelle b l don supremo 99 more san diego m chad w leanne p maddie s belinda n dave hall hello dave i miss you dave hall Sheila G, Brad D, Ray H, Tabitha T, Tom N. By the way, I'm having a top-tier Zoom coming up, so check the uh, Patreon page. Talia M, Tom N, Betsy D, Angel M, Rhiannon C, Corey K. Want to read a couple? Yeah. Let's do it. Who's next? Dev Nexon, Michelle A, Jeremy C, Brandy D, Joey M, Eugene and Leah, Corey, Angela F, Mel S, Christine S, Eric H, Shane R, Andrew M, Amanda R, and Jen B. Kevin E, Stephanie K, Jor L, Jammin J, Leanne J, Luna R, Mike F, Stonehenge, Stone H, Stay Wild Moon Child, Brian L, Kendall L, Kara C, Jessica B, Kyle F, Marisol P, Kaylee J, Brian A, Ashley F, Marion Louise L. Romeo the Band, Veronica Q, Frank B, Jen T, Nikki L, April R, Derek N. JDW, Calm Bomb, Rosen Bomb, Ginger Insomniac, Rachel D, and Lorelai L. I just scratched my nose. I didn't pick it. Now I picked it. Okay, great. Uh, you guys are awesome. Uh, couldn't do it without you. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today and keep listening. Spread the word. And um, don't forget, October 11th, Wednesday, Regent Theater, 7 p.m. Inside of You Live podcast with Zach Levi. Get your tickets. Ticketmaster on my Instagram link tree. Get tickets. Come see me. It's going to be a packed house, I hope. Right now, we're doing pretty well. We'll see. Ryan will be there. Mm -hmm. So 
We'll see you soon. From Michael Rosenbaum here in the Hollywood Hills of California. Uh, I'm Ryan Taylor here in the Hollywood Hills of California as well. Little wave. Do we like our uh, new, oh, our uh, new camera angle. wide shot? Our yeah. camera angle? Uh, I dig it. I think it's intimate. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you so much for being here. Be good to yourself. I'll see you next week. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.